I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Last week, we released the 200th episode of this podcast, and I wanted to thank you, our listeners, for making it possible. Thank you for subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the show with your friends. As we head into a new season, I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. It's just another way that you can support us so that we can invest in new equipment, improve our production quality, and bring you even more engaging content in the future. By signing up for Patreon, you'll get early access to our Friends Talking Family episodes, allowing you to binge listen. And you may want to do that because we're going to be diving into some important topics and giving them to you in a series format. Plus, you'll be able to download our podcast listener notes, which includes coaching questions from the show and journal space so you can put what you're learning into practice. It's like a mini coaching session right at home. These valuable resources, plus the other bonuses we're creating, will help you build your best family with purpose. Head over to the show notes or go to www.patreon.com build your best family for more details. Thanks again for supporting us. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have my friends together here with me today. We are going to be talking about communication. I'm with Jess Carey and Noelle Rhodes. Hey. Hi. (laughs) We are actually launching a four-part series on communication, about open, honest communication, what it has to do with building a stronger family, ways that we can communicate, ways to navigate difficult conversations and connect with our kids. Because I feel like this was a really important topic to tackle, but like take a deep dive into because it really is the foundation of all of our relationships, including our family relationships. And so I'm excited to have you guys here with me today to give me your thoughts on the topic. And also we want to make sure in every episode that we're sharing real life examples of what's worked for us, what wasn't, hasn't worked for us, what it's been like to be on this journey to improve the communication within our families. I'm going to jump right in and I want us to talk about the role of communication in family dynamics. And so the habits that we get into on a regular basis, the way we communicate with one another really does shape our family's culture and its overall health. And so I think that the first thing that we can do when it comes to communication is really take the time to identify what is good communication and what is bad communication. So I'm going to start us off with an example of what is good communication. So good communication helps family members understand each other's perspectives and thoughts. Now, this is the this is something that is important to me because I personally have gotten into a habit where I know what's going on in my children's lives, but I don't necessarily know what they're thinking or feeling about these ups and downs that they're going through. And so I really, this has been something that I've been working on because there's more to relationship than just who's doing what, who's going where, what's going on in your life. Yeah, that's good. That's that's a good point. Good communication also promotes intimacy and trust which i mean when you think about 
you know, your friend says that they're, they just met somebody and they're talking to somebody mm -hmm. and they're getting to know each other. It sort of means they're growing in intimacy. You really right. can't be close to somebody that you're not talking to. And so, you know, what's going to create space for more, you know, communication is good communication. Bad communication often leads to breakups or breakdowns mm -hmm. or people just just straight up withdrawing, but good, yeah. good communication kind of opens the door for you to show who you are and kind of to your point, Kimberly, share your feelings and your thoughts about stuff. And as that exchange happens over time, you build trust. So yeah. good communication builds trust and intimacy. Yeah. Like, I love that because it's like when you have intimacy, when you have trust, then you you feel more compelled. And this is another pillar of good communication is you're, you can share openly and honestly. Yeah. You can be vulnerable in that relationship. And the great thing about that is the more open and honest that you can be, especially about like what you're feeling, what problems you're facing as a family, then you, you're able to help each other solve problems. You're able to make collective decisions that meet more of the needs of the family. Like if you don't know that someone's struggling with a certain circumstance or person even, then it's really hard to like come together and solve that problem. So I love that. It's like trust go deep, be open, be vulnerable. All of these things are actually really hard to do, I think, even within the family context. So, so I'm glad we're talking about this today. Yeah. Well, think about the people that we're excited to see. Those are people that we typically will probably have great communication with. They're people that we feel safe around. They're people that we trust. They're people that we go deeper than surface level conversation with. And we don't even have to know the tenets of good conversation to know, wow, I'm really looking forward to spending time with that person. It's likely that you have some good communication in place in those relationships. Yeah. And I, I like what Noelle said too. It's like the breakdown of good communication leads to, you know, distance. It leads to separation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's like when you have that, when you break trust. And I think that the communication breakdown is like the first, it's the first step in breaking trust with someone. It's like, oh, you miscommunicated. You said right. something that you know, someone took a certain way, even if you didn't even intend it to be that way, then there's trust broken. And now you have a gap to fill and it's much harder to come back from that or, or to reset communication mm -hmm. after a break than it is to just, you know, maintain healthy, open communication all along. Yeah. So good. So good. When you have poor communication, you don't know how to understand each other's needs. Right. And I've found in relationships when I'm, you know, I can think of a few people, sometimes mm -hmm. my spouse, when we don't understand each other's needs, it leads to frustration yeah. and then it leads to anger and resentment. And over time, if you continue, continue in these poor patterns of communicating with one another, you're going to start to have buildup. And I think mm. that it does take humility and it probably even takes a little bit of practice for us to actually be able to communicate what we need, what we need and our relationship, what we need in a particular season, what we even need out of our relationship with that other person. I think this series is so important as we're covering good communication and bad communication or poor communication, because one of the pillars that you teach, Kimberly, is about family culture and becoming mm -hmm. intentional about building a healthy, happy family culture. And it's interesting, if you were to look at possibly getting a job at Netflix, they make you read 
about their culture. And there's a whole humongous section that Netflix puts out just about communication and how to have good communication at Netflix. And there's specific steps and there's a whole system in place. Why? Because good communication is going to lead to good work and Mm -hmm. a good experience for people. Bad communication is going to lead to not being productive, time wasting, money wasting, and ultimately a bad experience at work. So, you know, we're totally not surprised that these humongous, super successful, successful companies have communication policies in place and a communication culture that they're actively talking about and teaching. We don't necessarily do this as families and then we're going well we have bad communication well maybe it's because we need to dissect this and talk about it and decide what would be the best communication style and system for our own families yeah and piggybacking what i said earlier if you have tension in a relationship it may be because your communication skills aren't great. If you're dreading spending time with somebody, you know, (laughs) and you're dreading working with them, quite frankly, it may be because you're not communicating well. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that, that it's like, you know, these corporate entities understand that this is like the foundation of a healthy work environment. And yet, you know, we go home with babies and they don't send you with like, a, you know, like, here's your manual, how you need to talk to this kid, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. especially as they start to communicate or sometimes not communicate. But I just, I think that that brings up this idea of like, what do we face specifically within the family context of you know, what are the breakdowns of communication in a family? Because we don't get that manual, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think you know, one of them is like we avoid, or at least in our family, sometimes we avoid difficult conversations because they are hard. And, you know, you don't want to address a very sensitive topic or a difficult topic because you don't want to rock the boat. You know, you kind of want to just like, oh, I know I probably need to have this conversation because it's still bothering me or I can see that it's starting to break down. But I think that, you know, those closest to you, I think you're very sensitive to hurting their feelings. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that breaks down. It's like we avoid some of the trickier topics Mm -hmm. for longer periods of time sometimes. Right. Which unfortunately does give the the door open to foster resentment and bitterness Mm -hmm. over time. You know, like avoiding might seem like a really good short term solution and it might keep the peace. Right. But at the end of the day, there's there's always going to be that elephant in the room. Absolutely. It's, it's such a good point that you, you're you bringing up, Jess, because when we avoid, we have to assume then what the other person's thinking because we mm. haven't asked them. Wow. Right. Wow. And come on, and, Noel, that's so good. <laughs> it, as a human, though, unfortunately, we tend to assume the negative. Yes. So like we're assuming that this person has all these feelings and thoughts that are negative or polar opposite to what we're thinking. And then we're walking around with that assumption and then acting upon the assumption, even how we treat them or what we're saying. And so avoiding those difficult conversations, it's like, it's, it doesn't take you to any good place. It just takes you farther away from where you need to be. So that's a really important point that you bring up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With that whole thing of assumptions, it's like, you know, my husband, he, he is, has always been like a digital guy, right? He's like an early adopter of all things technology and he just gets super pumped about it. And I can do that. Like, especially when he's just constantly on his technology or his device. And now my kids are teens. So 
I'm dealing with that with them. And I can feel very much un, like isolated, mm. ignored, yeah. um, that they're not interested in what I have to say. Like I'll, I'll tell them about my day and I'm like really excited. Something great happened, you know, and I'm like, Hey, you wouldn't believe what happened today. And I'm in the middle of my conversation. And then I see this <laughs> and, you know, the thumbs on the freaking black screen and, and I want to lose it. Like, it's just so frustrating and yet it's like, I'm assuming that they're uninterested or mm. that they don't care. And at the end of the day, it might just be that they got momentarily distracted and I need to be like, Hey, can you just like, look at me for a minute while I finish this story? And then you can go back to whatever is so important. Like your online gaming thing, <laughs> you know, my husband right. doesn't do that, but my son does. So it's like, I don't care. Can we just pause game on the pinball and just have a conversation with mom first? So that's another breakdown, in, at least in our communication at home these days that I have to fight with. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, if they're on their phone, I'll be like, I'll just wait till you're done when you're ready. And then they're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> they stop what they're doing. Well, Kim, I'm glad they do that. They don't just like let you like age okay, out you can wait. in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that leads us to the uh, another common obstacle is the lack of active listening, like the actual lack of the skill, right? Mm, so yes. we're going to do a deep dive into active listening. We're going to dedicate a whole podcast episode to it. But this idea that family members can't truly listen to one another if they actually don't know how. And there are certain yeah. skills that help you to be an active, engaged listener. And, you know, I, I, you know, my husband likes to tell me, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm already on the next step or, you know, yeah. I, I, I got this while he's looking at something else. I'm like, no, I mean, you, you could be as smart as you, <laughs> smart as you think you are, you're not listening and it doesn't make me feel seen or heard. And yeah. so I think it, it's for us, it's worth a deep dive into what are some basic skills of what they look like. And so if you don't have those skills, how do you apply them? Yeah, that that's going to be an important episode, I think. Yeah. I mean, everybody could be, you know, <laughs> we can all improve in our listening skills. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's like, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I think a very common communication challenge that definitely rears its ugly head as soon as you get married or move in with somebody is conflicting communication styles. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I think we all have grown up in certain kinds of households and those households have certain kinds of communication styles. Some of them were yellers. Some of them were silent treatment people. Mm. Uh, some of them were very direct. Others beat around the bush. And so there's that conflicting communication style that comes from just what you've inherited, but also personality. There's personality types that they are only going to say what you, they think you want to hear. They're right. not necessarily going to share what's in their heart. And then there's personality types who will tell you what they think, even if you don't want to hear it. So that's a challenge. <laughs> it is a challenge. And it's a, it's an important thing to work yeah. through as a family and even cultivate a family, a healthy family communication style so that what your kids are bringing into their families as they grow up is good and solid foundation for them to work off of. So mm -hmm. right. I know we've struggled with this in, in our family for sure, because I'm yeah. Italian American. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say much more than that, but my communication style was strong. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's like, it is really interesting. Like you said, we need to equip our kids, not just to like be successful adults, but to be able to have relationship, have successful relationships. Yeah. I mean, this even goes into their friendships. Like how do they communicate with friends? 
Um, you know, my daughter, she's, she's a teenager, she's in high school. So she's dealing with all kinds of friendship dynamics. And, you know, she's coming to me like, mom, what do I say in this circumstance? So even helping our children have language and have a, a way to present that, that is, you know, hopefully not offensive, but still honest and, and vulnerable, you know? So I don't know. And then we have to deal with the fallout sometimes whenever other children, boyfriends, girlfriends, et cetera, don't, don't have healthy communication. They may respond in a way that is really hurtful. Mm. And then you have to deal with that. Like, oh, we have a healthy communication in our own home, or we've tried to establish that. And yet miscommunication, poor communication can be really hurtful Mm. to people. And I think that's important to recognize as well. So true. Yeah, that's so a good true. lesson for our kids to remind them. So their poor communication skills is not it typically has nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, don't take it personally. Yes. They're probably mm, right. doing this in every relationship that they're in. They don't know how to cope. They don't know how to verbalize what they're feeling or thinking. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we can come alongside them, encourage them, be a friend to them. But like, at some point, we have to realize this is this isn't about us. This is sometimes about yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. right. And allowing, like, I think another thing is, is like when you're dealing with emotions, so, you know, that person's mad at me and then that like devastates you, right? You've said something, you've been straightforward or whatever, and then they're angry and allowing that person to process their emotion before Mm. they're pressed to communicate. Mm. I think that's a, a really good lesson in good communication. It's like allowing that emotional processing time before you're like, I need a verbal response and I need things to be better. Mm. You know, it's like, sometimes you just have to allow a little bit of the frustration, the anger, you know, kind of like settle a little bit, you know, underlying causes of these challenges that we see in families sometimes have to do with past traumas or past histories, you know, maybe your communication, like my communication with my, my own father was really disruptive for about four years. I I shouldn't say disruptive. It was non-existent. Mm. And I made a decision not to sort of be with my dad. And it was, it was a mistake. It's probably one of my biggest regrets in life, but that created a significant breakdown in my ability to communicate with men. Hmm. And so I had this massive disconnect, you know, because I did not have a healthy example that was, you know, readily available in my family. Hmm. But I think those are the types of things sometimes that inform Hmm. our future communication is our past traumas. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep in mind as we're looking to shift to better communication in our homes. You know, one of the things that I think we need to be aware of is having self-awareness and understanding Mm -hmm. the way you communicate that could prevent you from improving the communication of your home and your home. If you're not self-aware of your habits and things that you're doing, I know someone that I'm working through this whole idea of having the last word. Like family members don't realize it. And then once the family members got together, I said, y'all do it because that's what you did in your house (laughs) growing up. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Oh my goodness. This is, this is deeply rooted in your family's culture. And so just helping the person that I'm closest with to understand like what you like, 
<laughs> who they are and how they behave and how they communicate and then right. understand that because I think it's a diff- it's extremely difficult to course correct or change communication when you're not self-aware, when you sort of have this blind spot and you're saying, I communicate perfectly. And if, you know, you can just say the right words, we're going <laughs> to we'll be fine. Like, you know, some humility has to come into play. Oh goodness. When you're like having the last word, I'm like, yep, I have been in conversations <laughs> like that. <laughs> you're like, just give it to me. Just let me, like, let me just, just mm, mm, <laughs> mm. nope, just keep your mouth shut. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that has to be said, especially as we're raising our kids is there is a lack of emotional intelligence among this younger generation. Oh and I don't goodness. mean that in a disrespectful mm-hmm. way. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we were locked down for a little bit. Yeah. We wow. We're in our That's homes. a good point. And we were doing a lot of our communication via digital, you know, whether it was Zoom or text or social media. And our children missed out on some of those opportunities they would have had yeah. of practicing communication skills on the playground, mm-hmm. in the classroom with the teacher, in real time, where you're sharing the same, you know, air kind of thing. And so there is a little bit of a lack of, of emotional intelligence. And that's not to say that that can't be fixed or improved upon, but I do think that we're a little bit behind because we were all stuck in our homes. Mm-hmm. And I see that, you know, and, and and I see that even, you know, my kids are teenagers, but I see there's certain things I'm like, gosh, do people know how to work this out by now? Like, right. why are you getting stuck on here? But it's like, they never got a chance. Right. Iron out those things or practice those things with their peers or even their teachers. Like the idea of having to ask a teacher a question mm-hmm. is like, scary it's like frightening yeah but oh my god what a that, good point noel they didn't have the opportunity to be like in class going i don't understand this you know right and so i think there's something to say about that that you know we have to just be aware as a culture that we're you know we're we're catching up a little bit still in that area mm-hmm. yeah to That's piggyback true. on that too it's like even once we came back to like we could gather in person we still were all masked up so we were getting a filtered version of full human, com- you know, communication. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you, your tone is muffled at yeah. best, you know, I, and, and you feel yourself like screaming through the mask, like I said, you know, yeah. it's just easier to say nothing. Right. And so you got used to, commu- yeah, I got yeah. used to communicating yeah. with people with the least amount of words as possible. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then like, of course, facial expressions, mm. you know, they, they mm. share, it's like you share an entire novel with one look, you right. know, and every child knows it because they see the mom eyes and they're like, Oh, yeah. I'm in trouble. And all it took was that one look, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's the other aspect of the whole like lockdown scenario that we're relearning how yeah. to read other human beings and where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and I definitely you're... would carry, I think that would definitely put COVID and everything we went through with the pandemic into like tr- the trauma bucket. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It, it's legit real trauma people have experienced, and especially kids not knowing how to and not and and really needing them to be coached and led back to healthy communication. Yeah. Reality is too, when you're born, you're not born with effective communication skills. You know what I mean? You're bo- you're born with no language. You're mm-hmm. only born with the ability to kind of read facial expressions and things like that, but 
your whole entire childhood is a beautiful place to grow those skills. Unfortunately, like, you know, that's not always sort of a part of the educational curriculum is like, let's teach you how to have effective communication with one another. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily like that. It's a little bit more organic, but I do think as parents, what an opportunity you know, from you're dealing with a two-year-old that's throwing a tantrum, well, what a great opportunity to help them understand how to express disappointment mm-hmm. without without stuffing it inside, still remaining vulnerable, but not hurting anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think it's just, you know, that's why I appreciate this podcast so much because it's really talking about these things are everyday occurrences, but making them intentional right. and utilizing as a way to guide our kids to be amazing human beings that they're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love that. So do you guys have any real life examples or stories you want to share with us about how good communication or bad communication has defined our family? This is where we get real and tell you the real yeah. stuff. <laughs> well, I'll just be really wide open and vulnerable. I feel like, you know, my daughter and I have had a communication breakdown as of late. And I'm I'm narrowing down like where and why and how that sort of happened potentially. But I would say for months, I've been trying to, you know, kind of come around the corner like, hey, what did I do to make you so upset that you never want to spend any time with me, you know? And some of it, I think, is just the natural stage of life that she's in. Like she's becoming independent and, you know, she doesn't want to be holed up with mom all afternoon. And so I get that. So we've had some really challenging conversations, my husband and I both, because fortunately he felt the same way. Like he kind of had a similar experience. Like you come home, you say, hi, mom, hi, dad, up to your room, close the door. And you're, you're there until you are hungry, essentially. Mm And it was like, that's not really a relationship. We don't feel valued as your Mm. parents. We don't feel like you want to have any kind of relationship with us. And we've had those conversations with her and she's like, it's not that at all. And it's like, well, let me just ask you. And I, I gave her a visual example of what it was like being in the room with her. I said, okay, you're asking mom, you know, Hey mom, what's for dinner? And I'm on my phone, just like this, no response. I don't bother to look up. I'm just Da, 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 doing my thing. And you say, Hey mom, still no response. You say, Hey mom. And I get up from the table as though you have said nothing and walk upstairs to my bedroom without actually answering you. And I said, how would that make you feel? Does it make you feel valued? Like I care about what you have to say or right. that I want to be in relationship with you. And she's like, no. And I said, yeah. I said, mom and dad are kind of hurt. Our feelings are hurt because this is what we've seen. And so since that deep conversation, things have improved, but I, it's still like, it's a work in progress. And it was really hard to, to paint that picture because mm. I didn't want her to feel bad. You know, I, I didn't want her to be upset that right. we were like, you spend, you don't spend any time with us. You know, like <laughs> I'm a big kid. I should be able to handle that. But at the right. same time, she needed to know that that's how we were feeling. Mm. Yeah, I, wow, I that had, was hard. That yeah. had to be hard. Yeah, yeah, rough raising mm-hmm. teens. Yeah, yeah. It's an I adventure. mean, I think a big breakthrough that we had with my girls, and this isn't necessarily the story I want to share, but about what you're saying is when I just was super vulnerable and told them how it made me mm-hmm. feel, 
you know, and I didn't want to do that. Like you said, like I wanted to be the strong mom and rolls off my back. And I'm, you know, I read the books. I know what you're going through, but I was like, <laughs> this hurt my feelings, you know, and, mm. and doing that I'm sure was ama- amazing and super pivotal for you. So mm. that's something that I've ter- tried to learn how to do. Cause that does not come naturally to me. I'm mm. sure. Um, but one thing that I wanted to share was, you know, as you were talking about, because I think we all, you, you're preteen or teen, Noelle, you're teen, you're there, right? I have two teens, two teens, full yeah. teens, <laughs> the and two teen mamas over here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so all this, I mean, all of this, no matter how old your child is, it can definitely be applied. But like, as I'm in those years and as you were talking, it reminded me about my children, how sometimes, yes, they, they pull away, they withdraw, they do the come home from school thing, go to their room. Um, I'm sure little kids do this in their own, own way as well, especially if you have introverted children. And, and I have in the past, so this is a, a misstep on my part, but also a way that I'm trying to improve is that I've kind of backed off because I wanted to give them space. But sometimes mm. that can be misinterpreted as I'm not interested anymore or yeah. like the, I think our children need us to continue to pursue them and to continue to show up and communicate them with them in a way that's authentic to us and show up as Mm -hmm. who we want to be and the mom we want to be. And, you know, I do, I find myself like being like, Oh, I go up there. Is she going to be annoyed? Like I go through all those things and I have to make sure that I don't let that prevent me from engaging with her. Like, right. Mm. I I think I'm doing the right thing by giving her space and giving her privacy and leaving her alone. And, but, but is that a self-protective action or is that, a loving action. And so what are my motives there? And mm. oftentimes it's trying to like, I just don't want her to be mad at me. Like, I don't, you know, you know. <laughs> and so I just really, don't want to deal with the drama I today. Know. That's the real I answer. I don't want to deal with yeah. it. <laughs> I just want to tell her I love her. But yeah, but that continual, continual pursuit, like choosing mm-hmm. how you want to show up and how you want to communicate with your family and don't be afraid to mm-hmm. go there and don't be afraid to share that because you're worried about their reaction, but be really intentional yeah. about your, you know, reaction, you know, how you act and how you behave and how you communicate, because I think it's sowing seeds and it shows them how to communicate even when, when the person they're communicating with is not reciprocating. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so good to just like remind ourselves as parents to continue to pursue communication with your children, mm-hmm. because it is like when they're, when they're in a season or yeah. a stage of life where communication gets difficult or disjointed, then it's easy to just kind of like, it's easier for me not to say anything. Yeah. Silence is easier than the hard conversation. and it's like, don't take the easy way out because ultimately you want your child to find you as a safe space that they can share, you know, the hard in their own life. So if you're not willing to like go to the hard place, then, then they don't have a a ready-made person, right. A ready-made relationship to share those types of things. And so that was good encouragement for me, Kimberly. I got (laughs) to like, okay. Keep going. Keep asking keep going, questions. Keep going. I mean, <laughs> even if she thinks you're nosy and yes, like, she's like, yeah, ah, stop asking yes. me these questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would hate for my ch- children to look back and be like, oh, those were the silent years. Mom and dad left me alone. Like, you wow. know, and yeah. then you can't yeah. go. I mean, so yeah, good. I could go like, well, you wanted me to, but what does that get you? That gets you, you know, a gap and a broken down relationship and communication. Yeah. And so 
Let's not let that happen. So good. So, I mean, my experience has been a little bit different than you guys because I had my oldest child had language difficulty. He has a hearing loss. Mm -hmm. So much earlier on, it was like we just became obsessed with how to communicate with our child. Mm -hmm. How can we create space for him? So I was like studying every single thing. So I feel like, you know, for me, it was out of a place of like desperation. I mean, my one thing I could say to parents is just and and echoing what you're saying is don't give up and try whatever you need Mm -hmm. to try. I mean, there was at one point for us because he had a hearing loss, we were learning ASL, you know, another time there, we did so many techniques, so many things. And when it stopped working, we tried something else, but we just never stopped trying. And, you know, I think when someone is trying to get a hold of you and talk to you, right. You, sometimes you're a little annoyed, but you're also like, oh, well, they they kind of like me, you know, they want to get to know me. They care about me. And yeah. so I think for our kids, they need, it's like, yeah, mom and dad are always asking me my questions, you know, but if yeah. we stopped asking questions, just like you said, Kimberly, mm-hmm. that communicates that we just don't care. And yeah. that's not true. We're saying, oh, we're like giving them space, but you know, I think it's okay. Just keep going at it and do whatever we can to continue to to blaze a path of good, good communication. Mm-hmm. It's important. And, and for me, like my personal story would be like, I'm usually, you know, I was thinking about how like I tend to struggle with assuming in the negative when it comes to my husband, because mm-hmm. he's not necessarily someone that has a lot to say, but when he does have something to say, he's direct about it. And I remember the other day, recently, the other day, I was like, oh, got real quiet. And he's like, why did you like stop talking? And I And I said, I just felt like I was talking too much. I didn't want to annoy you. And he's like, why did you assume that I was annoying you? And I'm like, well, you weren't saying anything. He's like, why didn't you ask me if I'm annoying, you know? And I think that just goes to show. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) Real life. But it's true. Like we're modeling that to our kids too. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, mom got quiet. Why? Because she thinks dad is annoyed with her, but dad never said that. Like, you know, it's silly little things like that, but at any point in your life, you can improve your communication and ultimately improve your relationships. And that's yeah. a great, beautiful gift that we get to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I that it- you mentioned, sorry, Kimberly, go ahead. I always interrupt you. That, this is like <laughs> my habit. Okay. Go ahead. You have some wisdom. I'm going to listen to uh, it. <laughs> no, I was just thinking a couple of things. Like when you were talking about, instead of, I was thinking, instead of stop asking questions, maybe you can shift the questions. Like maybe it's not a matter of communicating less or even right. sometimes communicating more. Maybe it's just changing the way you communicate and what it is you're yeah. communicating about. And so that's just a reminder to me to shift, like stop asking the same old questions. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I was just wondering, you must have amazing, you must be, you guys must be really good at eye contact in your home. Is that true? Or is that a stereotype? Like, is that me no. making assumptions? Like, yes. that no, is no, not no, something no, no. we're good at. No, it is because just as an interesting example, when we're at the pool, my son cannot wear his hearing aid. So he's completely relying on my facial expressions to guide him when he was younger, not so much as older. But like if I had, you know, if if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see my face. But if I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, he knew he was too deep. Like he had to come back. It was unsafe, you know? So he really relied. And he's to this day. I mean, this is just, just saying you guys should watch this. You should watch yeah. it. It'll be on YouTube. That, you can watch it. Yeah. I mean, he had to rely on that. And even to this day, he, you know, he still has a speech therapist. Yeah. And the reason why, and he would tell you this is because he feels that communication is very important for his relationship. So he had, mm. we have someone come just to work on conversational speech for him because he suffered from a language deficit and the 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 poor speech therapist was sick and you know his doctor said he couldn't come without wearing a mask and I said just don't come at all because he my son has to see your face to read your lips to read the context of what you're saying mm -hmm. to actually know what you're asking him or talking to him about mm -hmm. so you know going back to that point of we were all masked you know mm -hmm. we lost context in our communication yeah it's it's really interesting to think about that so yeah we do have really great, we have good eye contact for sure. For I, sure. Had, I had so many things to say, but just on that, I was, I was thinking, you know, text messaging has become a very yeah. common way to communicate. Yeah. But how much of the human expression is lost in, in simply a text message. And that's so why much. I oftentimes I will just pick up the phone, especially if it's a if it's a harder conversation or it's a heavier conversation, right? right? Someone is hurting. They've, they've just basically dropped a bomb on your lap and it's like, Hey, this happened in my life today. And you're like, wait, what? That is not the time to respond. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's the time to pick up the phone, the actual phone so that they can at least hear your voice, mm -hmm. you know, or even FaceTime or whatever it is. It's like, give people the fullest expression of your compassion mm. when you can. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. good. So, you know, like, especially yeah. with the difficult conversations, you got to give them that. There's no amount of emojis in the world. That's going to communicate tone. There's just <laughs> not, there's just not that many. There's just, uh, not. I do. I mean, they're trying though now. To I'm trying. <laughs> I do feel like that's the extra, like, here you go. So you know what I really mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter always tells me that I misuse emojis. I misuse, you know, the like hold and press like heart or thumbs up or exclamation right. point. Yeah. She's like, she goes, mom, you're the only generation that uses that. You know that, right? And I'm like, I don't care. I said, it helps me express myself. I'm going to use exactly. it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, all right. So good, I'm um, learning. one, yeah, we're all learning. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, one resource that I wanted to share for great overall communication, I'm, mm. I'm sure I mentioned this last season on the podcast, Emotionally Healthy Relationships Day by Day. Well, actually, there's a 40-day journal, but then there's also a workbook. It's by Peter Schizero. And he kind of, it's like a, it's just step-by-step -step different parts of communication. Conflict resolution mm. is definitely in there, but he just, he really like goes down to basics and says how you can simply communicate what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's on your mind, your expectations. And so I found that to be really helpful. I'm, I'm looking forward to going through it once again, because the first time you read it, it's sort of an assault on like <laughs> the way you're so used to doing things and why should I have to do all that? A lot of people, I know that I struggled and my husband struggled with like, why do I have to go through all the steps? Like, but you do like, mm, yeah. you need to 
create new habits of the way you communicate. And it doesn't have to be a script, but you can start with the script and then eventually it'll become comfortable and eventually you'll say it in your own way. But there are principles out there that govern, govern good conversation and bad conversation. So I feel like Emotionally Healthy Relationships was a really good workbook. I think if once you buy the workbook, you get access to the videos and they're really short videos to watch while you're going through it. But I found that to be a Sounds really, good. really good resource. Sounds so Kimberly, great. just, just for, I mean, cause I think this is something that would be very, very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Did you do that with your family? Did you go through that with your husband? Like what, how did that look in mm-hmm. your dynamic? Yeah. yeah. So we did it with a small group at church over zoom, which okay. again, okay. probably not the best way. It's not, not my favorite way. <laughs> we, we, we should have yeah. like our pastors are, are in New York city. We're in New Jersey. Like I get why we did it. Um, okay. but probably a, a better experience to do in a per- person, but going back to what we're talking about, like it just, I think it's more effective if you're in person mm-hmm. having these conversations, but it was me and my husband, we'd watch the zoom our, our pastors facilitated like some breakout rooms to talk a little bit about what we talked about. And then they gave us the opportunity to actually like walk through the exercises, which I loved because it, because if my husband and I had to did this on their own, we would have been like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And we would have turned. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah. he actually got Good. into like these, he actually had us all like get into FaceTime breakout group, like <laughs> breakout from the breakout groups and facilitated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just go through this exercise. And you're like, really? Mm. I need to say that. That sounds weird. <laughs> So we did thankfully have somebody else facilitating it and we were able to yeah. go through it, but I went through it with That's my husband. Good. My, my children were in the other room and they thought it was just funny. They just were like, Oh, I'm know. sure. can't imagine. But then interestingly enough, um, when I went to my daughter's church down in college, they were offering it and my daughter's boyfriend was here at the time we were doing it. And so he like nudged her. He's like, yeah, we should do that. She's like, yeah, that's okay. Wow. <laughs> that's a good boyfriend. You're like, yeah, I, know. Boyfriend. I know. She's like, keep ah, that guy close. That. I know. I know. <laughs> it's the sheer fact that like, you know, somebody young knows that they need yeah. to get better yeah. skills is, um, Absolutely. is really, good. really inspiring and really helpful. That's good. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. Okay. So I'm going to wrap us up, but do we have any last takeaways or things that you guys want to share? It's never too late to improve your communication skills. Never too late. Mm-hmm. You know, you've grown children. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hoping to and turn I, I would this say, ship around here. Yeah. I would, I would just say to, to a listener that is like, yeah, you know, we have a major communication breakdown in our family mm-hmm. and, and feeling quite hopeless. I would just say to that person, just take the first step in trying to improve it, right? Like whether it's this, you know, 40 day journey, yeah. you know, sign up for that or, you know, the next, the next episode, you know, in this communication series is going to give more practical tips, like join yeah. us again and just take the first step. It's like only you can break a toxic communication cycle. Mm-hmm. Someone has that's to good. make a choice to do that. So mm-hmm. why can't it be you? Mm-hmm. That's, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you Absolutely. could do it. Yes, you can. <laughs> so I do the communication style. Like, you can. Yes, you can. Because yes. you're Italian. I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> From New Jersey. From New Jersey. All right. So I do want to leave you guys you with will. a coaching question. So this is something that you can journal about. You can write down. We will have these questions plus our show notes and the outline that we've shared to you with you in our Patreon group. And so you can download those. But 
here's something you can think about. When it comes to communication in your family, what do I want people to know? Mm. And what do I want them to feel? And this is really good for me because when I think of some of the ways I've communicated with people, especially family members, I don't I haven't necessarily done it in a way that will get me to the action that I want them to feel. So do I want to Mm. motivate them to action? Do I want them to feel loved? Do I want them to feel seen and heard? What is it that I want my people to feel when they're in conversation with me? And so just start thinking about, yeah, what do you want people to know? What do you want them to feel? And let that start to like marinate so you can start to think about and be open to, okay, some where, what are some of the ways that I can improve my family through this tool? It's good. I love that. All right. So join us for the next podcast. Like I said, in the beginning, this is a four-part series. We're going to be talking in the next podcast about active listening, followed up Mm -hmm. by communication tips for parents and kids, and then navigating difficult conversations. So thank you ladies for being with us. Thanks guys. Bye. If you prefer video to audio, check out our YouTube page. It's the same great content, but instead of just hearing our voices, you can see our faces and at times our crazy hand gestures. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash podcast and follow the link to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.